creaking doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still then it's time for if you're listening one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school i'm ramsey that's got to be the longest intro you've ever done i think it was except (laughs) i think i did one time in one breath do several lines of hamilton for no reason yeah because it was definitely lost on me because i don't know a single line of Hamilton. (laughs) but i don't know what that was either so honestly to be fair our intros are not for me. I no, never know what they, they are. are. <laughs> no, they are for me. The, yeah, that that's is the, the only moment. part of the show that's for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Usually you are then playing me the worst of uh-huh, music. Uh-huh, uh, so uh-huh. I carve out one little respite for myself where it's a reference that I enjoy. <laughs> that's 15 seconds. <laughs> it's all I need. Oh, Ramsey, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Heather, that was the, the intro. Yeah. was a quote from the disney attraction the haunted mansion okay and that is because today from the podcast podcast the ride mm-hmm. today we have scott gardner welcome. welcome hey there <laughs> hi hi uh is this haunted room actually being used for podcast recording <laughs> is. or is it yep. your imagination <laughs> um i got i caught it and i was like oh is it for me is it a special haunted mansion quote for me i it appreciate is. it you're very welcome <laughs> it, w- it would be really funny if we actually just did um ride related quotes every week and you just happened to be before transitioning into rage against the machine yeah exactly yeah before i make you listen, before i make you listen yeah. to limp biscuit <laughs> <laughs> oh, so is this the usual, like, or is the bread and butter often, like, the craziest What your no. stuff that you're maybe you're glad that you avoided? No, so main, okay, he says yes. <laughs> um, I, I mostly listen to punk and emo music, and that's what I grew up listening to. But also, I was in middle school in the mid, ni- mid to late 90s, so also I did listen to Corn and the Biscuit, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and right have on. tried to make Ramsey listen to that. The Limp Biscuit one didn't go well because I didn't want to listen to it either. It was embarrassing so, for you as well. Um, we did we didn't do the whole album because it was um it was terrible. I'm sure I'm repeating material from your other episodes, right. but is there um the, like within new metal does anything work? No, <laughs> like did any does anything train or is the genre just a, a graveyard? I would say, okay, bands that transcended that genre, because to be fair, some of these bands I don't think really fit into it to begin with, but got lumped in. I think Rage Against the Machine transcended a little bit, because again, they were already a little smarter, a little elevated. Deftones? Ramsey disagrees, but I also think Deftones kind of transcended. Corn? Okay. No. No. (laughs) No. I'll take that one. No. (laughs) Limp Bizkit. Weren't they at least like better? Like their videos were sort of well done, no, even if their you videos, weren't. I mean, I didn't like any of this, but. They had at least one video directed by Todd McFarlane. So they had that going for them. <laughs> More like him than that, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Not great. So I shouldn't be, I shouldn't start diving back into the, I don't know, the POD archives i I can't recommend it i can tell you from experience there is no need to do that yeah i can't i can't suggest it um okay okay good to know know. it's the the 90s were a time (laughs) yeah boy yeah yeah Uh, um i mean look you know that's a lot of what i i think what led me to what we're gonna talk about today Mm -hmm. was the need to like well where do i 
what speaks to me because there weren't so many avenues to to go down it felt like you had to pick a lane and there were Mm. two maybe three lanes and i was like is there some off-road adventure that is not (laughs) one of the lanes and uh i feel like that's where i i got to where where we we got to here not to i'm not trying to like hey let's get to the top if there were sidetracks well uh, no uh, i think if we want to go off-roading first (laughs) i just uh, that is um, your uh preferred mode it sounds yeah let's uh, yeah i guess so Uh, (laughs) not in reality not i don't do any atving but uh uh, mentally uh, Last time I went ATVing, I thought I was going to get kidnapped. Anyways. Wait, what? I was in, I was in, <laughs> oh. I was in Costa Rica, oh. and I really thought I was going to get kidnapped. I didn't. It was okay. Um, but Whoa. I do want to... Th- Just the vibe of the company or the... Uh, well, or, um, I, was, I was with my friends, and there were two of us per four-wheeler, and... First, they blindfolded you. No, no. We were coming... We were, like, going across, I don't know, not an island. I guess it was a peninsula and we came around a muddy corner and there was a car that was kind of falling off a cliff and there was a lady holding a puppy what and so we stopped and we we're like hello do you need help and then she was really weird about it and then <laughs> we realized there were two men over the side of the bank where the car was and we we're like we'll stop on our way back and see if you still need help bye <laughs> and just left oh. and then oh, we didn't oh. go back that way yeah i thought i was gonna be kidnapped <laughs> It sounds like you're mm. describing a police shooting gallery, like a woman <laughs> holding a puppy popped up. Yeah. And the- <laughs> Don't you that? Yeah, what's that arcade game? Uh, it's like, le- was it, is it like a lethal weapon game? I know the one you mean. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you like yeah. go to a bank, you have to kill, you have like to shoot the bank robbers, but not the bank tellers. Red and blue yeah. guns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you just had like a, yeah, like an old lady with a, shopping cart yeah, and babies exactly. and <laughs> um, the full tableau <laughs> I do want to go back to you saying that you feel like there were three lanes because I'm looking at what year this album was released 1999 and I want to think yeah. of like what I think the three lanes were in 1999 because I feel like to me it was certainly new metal as discussed mm-hmm. absolutely and then I feel like 99 I have an idea for what lane two is go hip hop yeah but I think you it was know, a boy well, band, like that sort of like Lou Pearlman factory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of that. I mean, because by 99, we're in TRL era, right? Deep TRL, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, and there, and like, it had only been a little bit of time. It wasn't that long ago that MTV had like... I mean, if it's been, look, there's been the MTV doesn't play videos for <laughs> sure. since the when they actually did play videos, but that really was. A, I feel like around '97, you could like find some cool yeah. new music on MTV, and then by '99, it was like, okay, we figured out what we are. We're yeah. these lanes, and I, I was very pretentious about all that when I was 14. Not so much <laughs> now. Now I'm especially like boy bands. I don't know why. Why was I mad at them? Right. I, I'm much more. I've seen Britney live. I like a lot of Timberlake stuff, so I have no beef with any of that now <laughs> but back then you had to be all like grumpy about that stuff yep. i somehow um, lo- loved in sync and corn i don't know what was wrong with me but it's fine you contain <laughs> multitudes yeah 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 i mean that was the way to be i guess that's the way to be different is like, yeah i didn't pick one i did both which is kind of <laughs> yeah, cool I, I like all um, of it 
You're you're right about hip hop. I don't know why I don't even consider that one of them. Maybe I was just like, well, I can't. Uh, is a very <laughs> pale. Although I did. That was my move in middle school. I did listen to like a lot of the, but kind of bad. Like I was pretty deep into the um, the Puff Daddy bad boy world oh. of stuff with a lot of which is is kind of garbage but i think i know every word to that uh the puff daddy and the family album for sure like incredible wow wow D- victory loved- what was the name yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes i yeah I, you know i liked a lot i mean i like the all about the benjamin's rock remix was Great. big iconic me. yeah <laughs> it holds up. i've watched it recently uh spike jones music video so the video is cool like that yeah. that's some cred um but the, uh, well, and like all the, and Notorious B.I.G. is great, but some of those, like, the more, like, it, they just took a sample and then did another sample on yeah, top of right. it. That's the that's the stuff that's like, what am I even <laughs> listening to? Yeah. Uh, what, what did he bring to this, if anything? <laughs> so what lane would you say, well, I guess we can say what album we're doing now. And then I want to ask you what lane you think it fits in. <laughs> Oh, sure, sure. Uh, um, what I'm bringing to the table here is Beck's Midnight Vultures. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. But an album that had a, had a big inf- impact on me that I'm, I'm extremely fond of. Um, I guess the other, the other avenue I was thinking is just kind of like whatever. I mean, I don't know what it was for you guys, but in L.A. it's K-Rock, mm-hmm. um, sort of the alternative rock. And and so I guess that's which they played a lot of new metal too, but there was just kind of the other angle, the other end that's like kind of just um, muddy, not quite punk, not like I don't know, like three eleven and uh, mm-hmm. like Everlast or just kind of like yeah. miscellaneous oh, yeah. rock that was kind of like. Uh, grumpy like and Red Hot Chili Peppers at that and, time. I'd kind of put in that too. I oh. feel like. Sure, sure. I'd say so. Broadly, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, rock that wasn't new metal. Yeah. I guess is the other. That makes sense. Category. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I think I was just so excited to get hardcore into Beck at this time because he was a he, he because he didn't fit into any of the lanes. Yeah. He was played in these forums. It was he was on MTV and on K Rock. Maybe for the last time, maybe like this, maybe he ruined it with this album because he kind of stopped showing up in these places. Oh, interesting, uh, but kind of felt like, well, the spotlight's on me. I can do something very crazy with it, and that's what I think he did here, and what I why I continue to love this album so much. And well, and so how did you did you get into this from hearing it on K Rock? Um, God, I'm trying to think what what got me into it. I mean. Uh, I was definitely aware of some of the stuff from from Odalay, which was his big breakout. Like that stuff got a lot of play where it's at and New Pollution. And I liked those, although I was just like that. Maybe that's the way I was trying to define myself is I like new music that sounds like the 60s. Like mm. there's the song New Pollution by Beck or this really cool song Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. <laughs> they were like they were the same thing to me. Just funny considering where Smash Mouth has ended up as sure. opposed to, to Beck. Yeah. Um, but so I knew his stuff from that a little bit. And then I think just when the promotional blitz for this album came out, you know, he was everywhere. They did play his videos on on MTV. And, and initially he was on SNL. He's on Lena. He was in every mainstream venue but i think peddling something that was so much stranger and more colorful and 
referencing a zillion things that I didn't understand, and I right. wanted to know yeah. what all of it was, and, and and it really, he he really like provided a pop cultural roadmap for me. I feel like I I went okay. I need to. I need to find out everything that he is referencing and name checking and has been inspired by and follow all of that. And that's yeah. what I will be into uh, um, for the rest of uh, my high school, college, uh, rest of the life uh, <laughs> uh, musical journey. And it, it's completely what happened. I feel like there's like almost everything that I like, especially musically, stems from this album and this oh, era wow. of Beck. Yeah. Were yeah. you on board with Odelay in the earlier stuff or was this the point for you? Oh, definitely I was, but it didn't like it. It just didn't like crack me open as mm-hmm. qu- quite as much. I'm not sure why. Maybe I was again. Maybe it, probably still too much Puff Daddy <laughs> at the time. My 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 focus was there. Well, uh, I mean, I feel um, like too. You said you were how old when this came out? God, I must have been. I was uh, probably fourteen. I think it's like the perfect age too, though. You know, to for like any album to like do that you know like when you're younger like maybe like you might not be thinking as critically about it or like feeling as many feelings you know so i feel like that's the perfect age for that to happen really that yeah just looking for something to 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 kind of attach yourself to and it's yours and like something's going to hit you really hard in the feelings um no matter what but but it ended up being this even though it's not an especially like you know it's not an album you for sure not an album you put on to be uh, sad to <laughs> cry to he had he has those too he for sure had like well this is gr- great for like angsty breakup kind of you know so he leads you to that but i just felt like i i mean it like beyond that i really like the album i just like i just liked all the style of it i liked the art around it and the videos and everything that he wore and i and then i realized oh maybe this is the identity maybe i fully try to just be be, a little scrawny because yeah. I was a scrawny little white kid and he this is a scrawny white g- guy uh, at 30 which seemed very old to me at the time <laughs> will I ever make it to 30 seems uh, uh, retire uh, bitch like so old yeah yeah How, wow amazing he's still at it even at 30 that really is what I thought and um but I was like, maybe this is my way. So like how I really quickly like, OK, growing the hair out, vintage stores like that's the st- uh, uh, dancing weird and robotically <laughs> uh, uh, probably like insufferably. So probably if you saw me walking around my high school, like what is this guy trying to do? Probably Honestly. read more as Napoleon Dynamite than back. <laughs> there was no no Napoleon Dynamite yet, but uh, <laughs> but I would, you know, but it gave me like something to start trying to, you know, I can kind of maybe try to carve this out as an identity. <laughs> well, you brought up um, the art, which I think is a good transition into looking at the album art, which is the next phase here. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God! Pink leather pants. <laughs> two pairs of pink leather pants. That I zipper mean, what, is what? like two inches long. Yeah. It's very upsetting to me. Yeah, what does that do for you? That doesn't really. Horrible that doesn't allow. Ugh. Yeah, you still have to like. That's no like quick access to being able to urinate. Right. It you just still got a lot of work to do. It honestly makes it look more treacherous to urinate. Low rise <laughs> pants of the nineties should be illegal. Like that is. <laughs> they are. That's why you don't see them anymore. Not, oh, they're coming back. <laughs> they're coming back. The kids on TikTok love them. Don't do it. Because uh, all nineties <laughs> fashion is coming back, which is horrible. 
The 90s were a bad year or era for fashion. Look at these pants. Just <laughs> should be left in the past. Really yeah, this is, I kind of, I kind of forgot that what was on the cover. I feel like it's like the colors that yeah. struck me more, how gaudy this is. Yeah, this is a crazy bright album pink, cover. Bright, bright green. <laughs> Who's this guy on the right? Is a this scary a mask? Is it, or is mask? it a it's a mask, but it kind of looks like a mask of Tom Green. <laughs> He's like a Homer oh, Simpson beard. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't think it actually yeah, is. Like the but real five ca- o'clock shadow. Yeah. yeah. Something's weird. Yeah, many things are weird on this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, why two pairs and is he wearing the pants? I mean, it feels like a female on the left, but then could it yeah. be this dude, this dude in the mask, and he is holding neon he's holding a neon stripe that's kind of like going on a circuitous path but connecting to both sets of crotches basically (laughs) yeah like this is some metaphor for for sexual uh connection but i don't know what or it looks how exactly mel brooks's first suggestion for how they should fight with lightsabers in (laughs) space balls (laughs) And then they dialed it down a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of a, I mean, the whole album, it's a really like sex oriented album and yet not, it's, but it's not sex. It's too weird to be sexy. It's like the, it's, it's an idea of a sexy set of music from somebody who fell on his head too many times <laughs> like I, it's so bizarre and like to all these things that are said lasciviously and sensually but that don't mean anything i which i i get i guess it's my big just i don't know what he was getting at or what inspired him to do this and is there any was there any point to the record and the philosophy of it besides just mania I, I i'm still not exactly sure the fact that i'm still asking the the question that there's no clear answer to what does it all mean right i love that about it i will say that description is uh 900 times more enticing than this album cover yeah that's interesting <laughs> like, oh, good good i yeah well wait so the the level of uh, um i mean if, if i guess if we're talking about it that means it's an album you haven't heard um, what, what's your Beck familiarity? I mean, you, cause you must've crossed paths with Beck via soundtracks. He was, he was a fair soundtrack presence. You, you already have a sense of my music history. Well done there. Um, I think I know one track off of this album and I think I did download it illegally at the time. I'm we'll arresting see. you. Oh boy. No, don't, don't. <laughs> You're arrested. Uh, we'll We're all out. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Lars def- Ulrich. Is oh, no. <laughs> He'll come for us all. <laughs> Uh, I definitely do know his soundtrack work. I have a passing familiarity with like the hits of Odelay. Um, you're is I'm a loser on that one as well. That was an earlier because okay. that, that was the breakout. That was that was a big like alt rock hit that it was almost almost like read as a as a novelty if yeah. it, to where people were like, is this guy like uh, some silly goof fake <laughs> act. So I, I think his that credibility in, that's grown. Yeah, is, I love that surprising. in like the same type of song as like Buddy Holly, where it like kind of fell into like, is this a jokey song? Like, right. I feel like it's that it has that same stigma with it. Almost like Eminem in the the first Eminem's my name yeah. is felt yeah. like well, but what is this? Is this like a uh, like I don't know? Isn't there some weird song about like a um, de- detachable penis? <laughs> do you remember that from downloading? I do. What's the detachable penis song? Okay, okay, yeah, you know I'm not crazy. All right, it was I, that might have been the same band that did the uh, Animal Planet song, Bloodhound Gang? I think oh. maybe. 
Oh, I could, yeah, it could be. I could be wrong. Much. That's what that's what I'm saying, though. Like that's yeah. sort of where that's that's very novelty. Yep. Right. So you don't maybe think that an artist who who has this 30 year body of work Apparently is going to grow a, out of a. Is it this song? Don't play it. <laughs> I've never Sounds heard right. this. I, I have not this heard this the since like of detachable. This is King Missile. Oh, that's it. Maybe King Missile might be. I also I don't want to. Yeah. Knowing nothing. The Smirch uh, King Missile. Also, I spelled <laughs> I spelled it wrong searching for it, and I searched for detachable pens. <laughs> <laughs> They're all detachable. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard this in my life. This I remember this being like in everybody's Napster folder. I well, I wasn't I wasn't searching for penis on Napster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't delicate sensibility. I? I don't know if I was. <laughs> was that or any of those? That, that's what big bloodhound gang. And then like the that. Um, I mean, I think that one of the worst things to come out of Napster is that that cover of Boys in the Hood um, by Dynamite Hack. Oh God, I don't you, know do that you, one either. Know what, I don't know that one. Just like very like, and maybe who knows? You might find something on this album to be a version of this, where it's like kind of a. Um, the, like the joke is uh, a white guy doing sort of oh. black music, but that's the word. That's the lamest version of it. It was like a very like an acoustic friendly yeah. cover of boys in the hood that just like, what is it's not musically satisfying. It's just pure novelty. This is not my really favorite. Like my brain is broken because when you said a cover version of that, the only cover version I can think of is from this CD I had when I was a kid called Mickey unwrapped. And it was, uh, Disney characters oh. covering rap songs, and that they turned uh, Boys in the Hood to Ducks in the Hood. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, we did a uh, on my <laughs> podcast, podcast the ride. We did on our Patreon. We covered Mickey Unwrapped. So it, I'm we 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 waded through the depths of, it of is Mickey Unwrapped. Insane! I had the CD, and it is wow. fully unhinged. I've heard it hundreds of times. No. Because it was like that was yeah. one of my first CDs, so I, it's like I only had four CDs probably, <laughs> and I had a younger they, sister too, so it had a longer lifespan in my in my life as well. Oh, it kept yeah. going after yeah. you were you were a little done with I, it. I'm yeah, like I'm that's too old. Really, I'm too cool for this. The Mickey cover of um, uh, "Whoop There It Is" which oh. <laughs> has the real band tag team. Oh yeah, but it's with new with a new lyrics and story about. Mickey and his friends trying to bake a cake, <laughs> but then dropping it. It's insane. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Whoop Why? There it. Oh, Why? It's, yeah, isn't it Whoop There It Went because it fell on the floor? Because Yeah, Whoop There It Went. On the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, what a get, getting tag team. That's, infra- that's brain space that's being used in my head for 20, yeah. over 30 years about Mickey unwrapped. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. No, what else could be, what what diseases could be cured? With <laughs> God, I probably could have cured e- COVID. Either of our brains. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the reason it's lasted <laughs> yes. so long. Yeah. You and me knowing about that Mickey stupid... unwrapped. <laughs> and that's why I cured COVID. I've never yeah, heard of this. never heard Mickey unwrapped. <laughs> All right, should we get into this album? Let's do it. I would love to. I'm I'm so excited. You haven't heard one one bit of this, and um, yeah, I don't know yeah, if I, don't I know. Have. It's a journey. All right. Uh, oh, you've not either. Maybe. Wow. Wow. I, um, I do know the first track. I just glanced over at Heather's computer. Ugh, don't look. This is the one Close I downloaded. Here we go. Okay. Um, oh, I know this one. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Sex laws. Two X's. There's yeah. a lot of wonderful spelling 
on this album. I think this song was introduced to me on SNL. Hmm. Was he performing? Yeah, really good performance. Okay. Were there marionettes on this, on this one? This and- or that's that was a later one. That was the uh, Guerra. What's uh, Guero? Is that a Beck album? I think so. Oh yeah, yes. Okay. Wait, what? What did you? What did he do with with Guero? What was the? He. It was him performing the song, but then there was a smaller stage next to him with marionettes of him and the rest of the band also performing the song. Yes, yes. He toured with a puppet band for a long okay. time. Yeah, yeah. Which is very great. A lot of good live bullshit with him. <laughs> always. He always brings some to the table. I uh, always makes it fun. Have you seen him live a lot? Yeah, a bunch of times. Um, the, being obsessed with this album for months and months and then getting to go to the tour, it was my first big concert besides seeing the Beach Boys with my dad. Well, that's fun, I, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I had no offense to those. One. That was all good. Um, but, I mean, this was just the event of the year. I It was such a big deal. I made my dad go because I needed someone to go with me, but I snuck away with some older kids who I knew from high school, like my friend Tyler, and uh, I was offered a joint for the first time ever I, at this concert at the Greek arrest. Theater in L.A., <laughs> and I immediately reported it to my dad. <laughs> I was offered, I, they gave me a joint, but I didn't, I didn't oh. do it. I was a good boy. <laughs> uh, how did your dad react to that? I'm only pick, be able to picture like what my dad would have said in that situation. Uh, just like, uh, well, good, good, very good. <laughs> you, you passed the test. <laughs> I think I would have been banned from concerts from that point forward. Oh well, that's okay. Well, that's maybe in, that speaks to my dad's looseness at least. Like, okay, yeah, as long as you don't do it. Yeah. He was maimed, He sat through the whole concert. God bless him. And then, but did complain after that the horn section that we're hearing right now uh, was not as good as that in Chicago. Oh my God, that is literally a quote that would have come out of my father's mouth. Also, oh, perfect. The horn section. Well, because my dad, my dad was in like a drum corps and he played trumpet and loves Uh the band Chicago. (laughs) My parents' wedding song was "Color My World" by Chicago. So your dad also would have said this. Oh, perfect dad band. (laughs) Yeah. I like Chicago too. I made a funnier die video with the whole band. Oh I got to God. direct the band en masse and it was great. So I came around in Chicago. But I didn't like that my dad was besmirching this horn side because I love the horns in this yeah. song and the horn section's called the Brass Menagerie. Oh, that's I like great. That. I, like they're really wonderful. And so was I, I can't remember if I already asked this Was this album your entry point? Like you'd heard the singles But like was this the first like Beck album you got into? I think so I must have gone backwards from there Okay um, And then and then forwards when he started making stuff after this His whole thing I think was going uh, it, it felt like the pattern was Crazy fun hip hoppy album, mm-hmm. serious album, mm, okay. uh, and then back to crazy. So then, by the which he did, Odele is the crazy fun album. Mutations is kind of a uh, sad one. Um, then this one got way crazier <laughs> than Odele was, and then he got way sadder with Sea Change, which is sort of the most critically beloved masterpiece one. But I feel like there were a lot of critics who were like, "Oh, he finally." He finally got back on track after that Midnight Vultures, and mm. I was like, "No, no, no! That's don't you dare!" <laughs> I, I do remember Sea Change, and I think, as somebody who 
only downloaded sex sex laws. I was a little disappointed with sea change at the time. I wanted more oh, crazy. Yeah. If that's what you're after is more like sex, well, you're finally getting it now, I guess. No, sea change is really serious and it's wonderful. I, I, I do really love it. But he even got asked in an interview if the album was his way of apologizing for Midnight Vultures. Wow. <laughs> and he was like, like what, what a question to ask. Yeah. That was an album I made and toured for years that <laughs> yeah. I cared about. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm not that's apologizing a, that's to rude. you for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that so Taking a test. How, <laughs> how recently has Beck released music? Recent? I'm Pretty trying recently. to scroll. He did an album with Pharrell. Oh, yeah, I literally um, just scrolled over Pharrell's name and his face popped up on Wikipedia. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. 2019. Um, yeah. What's it called? Hyperspace? That had yeah. some cool stuff. Uh, I mean, he's, he's never... There was a... I guess there was a big dormant period where it turned out that he... Uh, had some serious uh, bodily harm done to him by a music video oh, where God. he cuz he was he was big on dance if you saw him in this era he was dancing up a storm just putting in so much work hmm. and uh then he had to stop because he was in a music video where he got hung up on a big harness and it like for too many hours and it caused him permanent damage. Oh my god! So he like he there was a period where he thought he was never going to do music or tour wow. again and, and thankfully that that ended and he's he's back at it. I, was there an album that was only released as sheet music? Am I making that up? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with that. I never okay. like solved that puzzle. Because <laughs> I, I, I know people did the covers then, and they yeah. they kind of put out versions of it. But God, I forgot about that one. Uh, what's the um, song called? And I'm I love a lot of what he's done. Oh, is there no? I I just I love a lot of what he's done since, but it just never. No, none of it's spoken to me quite as much as this, like, whatever is going on here. This crazy funk falsetto five minute. I mean, and, and we're not really like stopping and listening to lyrics here, but lyrics are just nonsense throughout this entire yeah. thing. Even the t- nicotine and gravy is this song, and what? What is? <laughs> why? <laughs> what? Why are those together? And to what end? <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, I was not expecting this sound. Uh, this is definitely a, a groovier kind of feel than the big brass yeah. sound I associated with this. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's brass throughout, but not always. And then it like, and it gets hip hopier at times <laughs> and more electro at times, as we'll hear. Even more country, too. Like, he's always had a strong country component some banjo going on in sex laws yeah i got distracted because well number one it was a spinal injury while filming the music video for e-pro but then i got distracted in the personal life section um because his first of all his mom was a collaborator at the factory like andy warhol but then i got really confused about the scientologist thing because it was saying like he grew up in Scientology, but then he said he was a Scientologist, but then also said he has no association with Scientology, and it's confusing. But whatever, it doesn't actually matter. He—he, he, it's always been—it's been this kind of unpleasant aspect of Beck fandom where you really got to turn a blind eye to it yeah. if you want to listen to his stuff, because uh, you know that, that Scientology is not so good. <laughs> no. He, um, 
I think it's from his uh, father, who yeah. actually did the string arrangements on this song, who's a, a has is a like great orchestrator. I think now he's kind of cut ties, and and some of it might have been after marriage. Like you know, you know, who I just found out his wife was. Do you guys know the Brady Bunch movie? Yep. The like. In the Brady Bunch movie, there's kind of like a frizzy-haired girl who's weirdly into Peter, kind of like an alt girl, um, and that is that is uh, Beck's was was Beck's longtime wife, huh. uh, Marissa Rabisi, sister Rabisi's of Giovanni Rabisi, sister. twin sister, and they're kind of like they were, I think, Scientology royalty. Oh. Is my I don't really I don't know a lot. Oh yeah, this says that um, they uh, second generation Scientologist as well. Oh, okay. Jeez. But they got divorced in 2019. And I think since then, maybe the ties are fully cut. But who knows? These people, they leave it mysterious. Hmm. They're all saying Will Smith is not so Scientology-minded these days, but we all saw what he did. That (laughs) felt like pure Scientology to me. (laughs) Oh, wait. Actually, the the timing of that actually does make sense, uh, just from the articles I'm reading, because they got divorced in 2019, and... Beck disavowing previous reports of being a Scientologist were reported in November of 2019. So that timeline does make hmm. sense. Wow. Wow. Interesting. But then there were times where he was on, was on record saying, hey, look, it's a thing in my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got something out of it. And I, so I think it's, it's always been something he's yeah. grappled with. Yeah. And us, the listeners, have, have had to. <laughs> Scott, you're on the West Coast out there. Anybody else? Let's, do you want to just name some Scientologists? <laughs> Do I know any? Have I, have I heard the rumors about any secret? Uh, uh, the Doughboys, oh, uh, yep. Mitch and Weiger, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they never. Um, <laughs> it's about time the word got out about that. Yeah, what, Weiger was on, and he did uh, Ride the Lightning, mm-hmm. um, and he just ah. kept talking about Thetans. Uh, just kept working it in. Oh, I, dear. I ended up cutting most of it out. <laughs> Well, that was. Good. I mean, you could have brought the whole empire down. There might not be a lot of Doughboys fans left. If, uh, or they would have converted. It would have been That's great true. for the numbers. Yeah, That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, Weiger was a friend of the show, but I'm not friendly with him. I probably shouldn't be making such jokes. <laughs> Apologies. I think he's uh, <laughs> good humored enough I, I uh, to joke about his very real Scientology, <laughs> which I am <laughs> getting on the record. <laughs> um, I love, love, love this song very much. He did this on SNL too. Mixed business, also with crazy spelling. Um, just like you know, fun dancey song, but in, but insane lyrics and uh, that I don't know. He's like surprising structurally and goes off the rails and is a big bunch of noise at the end and. Uh, just loved it. I couldn't get enough of this at the time. <laughs> I definitely remember this from SNL. I, I have to assume that's how I heard this one. Okay. But something that just popped in my head, another big area of my Beck knowledge comes from him being on one episode of Futurama. Oh, sure. That tracks. Oh, yeah. Bending in the wind. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, my other, fa- kind of like who else spoke to me in high school for sure for sure was the beastie boys because mm. that's you know people do bullies like them right yes. <laughs> like cool confident 13 year olds like the beastie yep. boys but for me there's a bunch of you know 
references to nerdy pop culture and cool filmic music videos, and they're they were always in the right place with uh, politically and yeah. on gender issues and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, they did one album for always. the bullies. They're not at the very beginning, but um. yeah. yeah, yeah, that first <laughs> album that was the one for the bullies. Yep. That was yeah. They started. You're right. They yep. started for the bullies, and then after that, um, but. Uh, I just really, you know, so my two favorite acts for a long time were the Beastie Boys and Beck, and then they were the first two musical guests on Futurama. So my yeah. list is a show after my heart. Do you think that robot sound was why they put him on Futurama? Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> it kind of was that, right? It was a little like, because he, cause he puts weird... Robot, because he teamed up with Bender, yeah, he had, right? he had robot arms to play a washboard, I believe. Oh, because he was just ahead. Bender was just ahead. And, uh, yeah, they went on tour together. <laughs> oh, right, right. And, and expressing the feelings about all that. With Well, this is all... Here's a little robotic. I mean, I love... There's so much crazy synth bleep and bloop <laughs> all over this thing. Like, so many wonderful, um, just, like ambient, uh, you know, atmospheric sounds. I, I always like that about it. I think because of the time period, and this might connect to that third path that you're talking about, but probably more speaks to the fact that I just didn't know music and I just blended sure. things together. I associated Beck with Moby. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I it's can like, see you it. know, I'm. Maybe there's more than one path in, in alt. There was kind of like moody, grumbly dude alts, but then kind of bright, colorful DJ sample, yeah. uh, you know, lots of influences. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. fits in there for sure. Yeah, because it's like I would also put like Fatboy Slim more like on the yeah. Moby side of that chart, but from the same, in the same grouping too. And then like a Flaming Lips kind right. of right in between. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's accurate oh totally yeah yeah who he then Beck, they became Beck's band for a tour oh, really? after this cool. yeah they fully did a tour where they were the opening act and then turned around and were Beck's oh, that's backup neat. band which I didn't see that tour I think they did not get along oh great is what has always been the the tale and I'm not <laughs> sure why exactly This one is interesting. Like it, I feel like music like this can feel very tied to an era, like dated in a bad way. But this doesn't really sound like '90s specifically, bleep bloopy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I don't think so. And I think that appealed to me about it that it's it's, it's like I don't know if this is futuristic or hmm. retro. Looking backwards, yeah, totally. and it's somewhere in both. Yeah. Because this is very like craftworky for mm. sure, is what which is not some I didn't know what craftwork was as a fourteen year old, oh. and, but then I'm like I want to know what is that? Yeah, that does that does remind me that I wanted to ask you. You were saying like this led you down other paths of things that you got into. What other things did you get into because of this album? Um, or, or back in big general? ones for sure. Probably the biggest. Uh, things that opened up was Bowie. Mm. Not that there's, this is so Bowie-esque. Maybe the last song um, a little bit, but um, I just knew like, well, that's another like you know guy who changed radically every album, yeah. and, uh, right. and and you know with like really musically dexterous bands, and uh, you know on the on the on the art performance art side of music. So like 
for sure I got into Bowie seeking like somebody else like Beck. And then the the huge one off of this album is Prince because he's um, going really Princey I was on this throughout. Just gonna say this song was reminding me quite a bit of that. Yeah, not so much in terms of the instruments, but in like the that sort of vocal yeah, quality here. Just like Prince. Here. <laughs> Shut up, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is no for sure. This is kind of like I feel like. Uh, um, What's the song "Computer Blue" that on is, yeah, Purple, "Purple Rain"? Rain yeah. um, and like the the like this voice is like is very princey. In is it him made to sound like a female voice or is it a female? Mm. Like which happened a lot on mm-hmm. Prince tracks. You're talking about his character um, Camille, I believe. Camille. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, some of the coolest stuff, Camille. <laughs> um, like Beck's good. He's he did a little bit of that sort mm-hmm. of like. Um, Gender bendy, even the 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 sex law defy the logic of all sex laws as a concept felt like a little bit of nodding to um, you know gender nonconformity yeah. a little bit. At least I read it that way. Oh uh, wait, at how the many? Time. Sorry, real dumb question. How many X's are in sex? Two. Is that like chromosomes? Two. X chromosomes? I don't know. Science trivia now? I don't know. I'm sorry. I cured COVID and now I have science questions. God. (laughs) So then this. This is the weirdest thing on it, I think. What just happened? The pure hip hop track Hollywood Freaks. Which I should just. You should just take in, if you've never heard it, take in some of this first verse. Was that back at the beginning? I think so. Okay. What? <laughs> okay, the, this reminds me of like those early Odalay lyrics where it's just sort of sure. a word collage to my ears. Yeah, yeah. Like, sounds like it means something. It's evocative mm-hmm. of something. <laughs> okay, then that crazy yell. <laughs> he my nun. <laughs> I read that that was him trying to Oh wait. Yeah. Um, it's, it's apparently it's a misinterpretation of something that he heard on an Ice Cube song. Okay, okay I like, like that. He, like he and the band would say, "What's he yelling? He my nun?" And, and they're like, "Let's just put that in a song. Let's decide that's what it is." I, lo- I love committing to misheard lyric. I I don't know why, but the picture I had of him recording that was him doing a lap around the studio so that with each. <laughs> E my nut or whatever, just like <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like circular sound yeah. a little bit. It's <laughs> funny. He also apparently was really into Buster Rhymes and Mystical, okay. and thought that he that this song and others like it would be earnestly perceived as peers of Mystical, and that did not happen at all. Like everyone just thought. Are you making fun of? Is it a parody of that kind of thing? And he's like, No, I really, I really was just trying to be like Buster Rhymes. Okay, well, I have been enjoying this album, but I now think he may need to apologize with a new album. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm taking that interviewer side. <laughs> well, this is like the most potent Midnight Vultures in Midnight Vulture. You know, yeah. This is the deepest. This is the, the deepest and darkest it goes. But I think he only needs. If to it was going to lose you, it'd be here. Too mystical and Buster Rhymes. I don't think the rest of us deserve an apology. Okay, okay that's just fair. mystical. He just needs to record an album for them then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did cover in his 
Rhodes tour at the time, he covered a little bit of Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Could See. Oh, yeah. Buster Rhymes song, which I appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> this song is crazy. <laughs> well, then this. This gang vocal. Oh, yep. Kind of that long uh that's kind of a, <laughs> a I think a master peed <laughs> reference. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Make him say uh. Ma na 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 that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like that song. It's great. I do like I don't uh, I do like that uh for me it was like middle school like hip hop that they'd play at dances. Like that's like what that era of rap is for me personally. Big fan. Yeah. You know, I liked a lot of that. I that that was kind of like this that was as close as I could get to popular music I liked at the time. Like um I like the song Mo Money, Mo Problems a lot. Mace. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh Mace. Yeah, I kinda liked a lot of the Mace songs. <laughs> um, he was just I feel like Mace else? was on Mace was like on all of those songs to me. And then mm. I guess he had a couple of his own songs. I'm trying to think of other ones. He was on the um both both Mace and Beck are on the Rugrats movie soundtrack. <laughs> Rugrats? Was that a sound? Did you ever listen to the Rugrats okay, movie? Rugrats we have not. movie <laughs> keeps coming up on this podcast. Uh, what was the other? Rugrats in Paris. Why? Oh. I don't remember why. Somebody had a song on there or something. No. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't, it did come up. God damn it. It's they kind of had good times. people on. I mean, because it's Mark Mothersbaugh right. from Devo doing the music, so... He's calling in favors of, of weird people. Yeah. Uh, front to back, that soundtrack is like legit art. There's a Buster Rhymes song. There's a Buster Rhymes song from the point of view of Reptar. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we need to do this album, I'm afraid. God damn it. Okay, I'll write it down. <laughs> do an episode. Yeah. I, I, I recommend it. The, that uh, Hollywood. What was it? Hollywood. What's Hollywood the Freaks. Freaks. That is. Not the worst song we've ever had on this show. By a long shot. No, definitely, However, definitely not. <laughs> I did find myself almost hypnotized by it. I I didn't have anything to add to a mace conversation, but I just couldn't <laughs> I just couldn't get myself out of like trying to peel away all the different layers that were going on. It was it was a strange Yeah. There's too much going on. It's really weird and it's now sits really weird in a body of work of people of music that does like mean a lot to people in kind of a breakup divorce mm. fashion and he you know he won album of the year uh, at the Grammys a few years ago for a very like emotional simple stripped down album so it's it's a weird body of word that there's music that I think means something to people in a really direct emotional way and then also Hollywood freaks <laughs> he's just so he's he's got it all yeah. which is what which is what like somebody like a Bowie or a, a the Prince has too, I think. Yeah, that's very true. With his fun bullshit and then really moving stuff and everything. I think that uh, maybe not in terms of like monetary success, but like that is what I value most in an artist is like the reinvention and trying new things yeah. at all times. Honestly, yeah, not absolutely. Me. I like everything to sound the same. That's why I listen to the same music I did 15 years ago. <laughs> Reinvent and don't, don't do it. Okay, all right. Don't do it. I don't want it. It's risky. A wrong reinvention. You know what's a bad reinvention from this era was uh, 
uh, Jewel. I feel like Jewel was trying to do a midnight vault when she did like a uh, like kind of a hip hop. Oh, oh wow. that's how to not yeah. do it. She's been yeah, on. Remember, I got Jewel on TikTok the other day. She was doing a thing on TikTok. Huh. Oh wow, that's reinvention in a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> racing TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember what was something. happening. My dad was <laughs> obsessed with Jewel. Your dad was obsessed with that Jewel? first album. He loved Jewel. Uh, we all did wow. in he America. <laughs> really wanted me to learn one of the songs on to. piano. Hands. It was not hands. It was one that was. It was on. the first one that came to my head. That was that a later one. <laughs> my hands, all I knew. <laughs> oh, you know what? That was a whole other. Oh, I guess that would have been earlier. I was gonna say that was a whole other lane we forgot was like Lilith Fair Lane. Oh, it sounds like a beautiful. Yeah, street. that's true. <laughs> Like any Lilla, well, later I didn't like her at the time, but later I got into Fiona. Mm-hmm. Like she's sort of, she's a little different. She's kind of like, well, crazier, more yeah. electronic, experimental. Yeah. I'd say than a lot of the. She doesn't exactly sound like Paula Cole. Or, Correct. But yeah. She was, I think, literally in on a little affair though. I recently uh, did a bit on the show where I recreated a Regina Spector song. Yes. Which that inspired me to. Uh, actually listen to Regina Spector and I'm enjoying her work. Okay. Huh. Thought we were going to go to I don't really know much Regina Cal- Cal- route, but that that's fine too. <laughs> I think I only know the one Paula Cole song. Which recently I was like I'm going to rewatch Dawson's Creek and I'm not I already quit, but um <laughs> they don't have the Paula Cole song. And I'm just like I can't I can't deal with this. Oh, like they don't have the rights to keep yeah. it in? Or at least when I was rewatching it, they didn't. And I was like, I can't watch this. This is terrible. This is the I don't want to wait song. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I can't do it. That's like starting the OC without the Phantom Planet song. Can't do it. <laughs> Heather, I can't help you here. <laughs> I don't know other shows that you like theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> It's like if Danny Elfman's Simpsons theme was yeah, that bad. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what if they were running in to some other song? That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. That'd be crazy. It wouldn't yeah, feel right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That um that last uh, the lyric that was repeated a lot in that last song was uh keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Which years later, Jack White asked Beck, "Was that were you like? Was that like about pubic hair? What were you? What was that lyric about?" And he didn't deny it. <laughs> you do have to keep wicks trimmed, or they get sooty. <laughs> that is a fact. So many words in that sentence have never appeared on this podcast before. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into candles. <laughs> I have wick trimmers. What do you think a conversation between Jack White and Beck is like? That sounds like a Very lot. Very weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're both... They're probably both kind of like sort of men of few words, yeah. I would imagine. But then... Um, but the wor- the words are <laughs> important and strange. I would in my head it would be silent and then one of them would ask a very specific direct question and then be silent again and then the other person would give a very specific answer and then it would just continue on like that with silence and then very specific questions and answers. <laughs> yeah. No small talk. At some point a reference to lead belly. <laughs> sure. For sure. 
Yeah. But some people would read the transcript of that and it would be like, well, Porn this, to is, them. this is the new Bible <laughs> yes. for me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, literally. First, they would transcribe the wax cylinder it was recorded to. Yeah. <laughs> I did really, I mean, I can't tell you how hard I, I went on back and like philosophically and like artistically how much I was just like, this guy has it all for me. And I, I would like write down quotes of it. Like he would give these pearls in interviews and I'd just go like, yeah, God, there's something to that. And I don't remember any of them now so much, but it like really impacted me. Yeah. Even like things I've, I've made. And uh, hmm. I don't know. He really like blew my, my brain up. And you, you sort of, I don't know. You don't get over the person who blew your brain up. <laughs> in high school, I would walk around with a, a book that was, I would write down quotes in like from songs, from interviews, from thing, dumb things my friends said. I could only imagine now that that is beyond insufferable. Like if I read it, I would be like, oh, this is, I would want to die, I think actually. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. sure I had tons of quotes from musicians in there too. <sighs> yeah, that like, that very like, uh, sort of, uh, naive, naked, like getting your oats. Period. Like that. That'd be the toughest to <laughs> revisit. Ugh. I'd say for most people. God, like, what was this? How pretentious was I? Calm down. Yeah. yeah. This one has like a '60s feel to it. To me. Yeah, for sure. For people to say it's a little, there's the kind of a Tom Waits sort of yeah junkyard ambling clangy percussion thing that I don't know what to describe that harmonica sound like gritty is the word that comes to mind sure sure yeah yeah he's a he's a good harmonica player that's like a staple of his shows is kind of the band kind of steps like. away and he does a big old harmonica thing there was a uh, a really cool music store in the college town I went to mm-hmm. Um, called Buzzos. It might still be there. I'm not sure. But it was run by this old, old hippie named Buzzo. Sure, of course. And uh, his wife was behind the counter. And I said, hey, I want to buy one of those um, Bob Dylan harmonica holdy thingies uh, <laughs> and a kazoo. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, we got both those things. And then... Um, Probably used to dealing with dumbass college kids. <laughs> Buzzo walks over. And then he's like... Uh, Oh man, uh, I saw so and so on uh, in a concert the other day, and man, can that guy play the harp? And I didn't know harp was a s- slang for harmonica, but I was just like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then his wife just goes, "He's also buying a kazoo." <laughs> that, that shut down the conversation. Oh, lost some cred with Buzzo cut that you day. Down. <laughs> this um, most of the instruments on this album are played by Beck's longtime bandmates who are all really wonderful except for the guitar in this song which is the guy from the Smiths, Johnny Marr. Oh. Yeah. And, I, and so it's the guitars from the Smiths playing like big stupid Sweet Home Alabama kind huh. of like they made it. He apparently was in the studio like why do you want me to do this? <laughs> That's like, funny. I don't know. You've never done it. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. I just noticed something. The most popular, okay, so the most played song on this album, we haven't got to yet, and it's not even a single. What? 
Hmm. The song Deborah. You mean Deborah is the most Deborah. played song on this album. You mean like live? He would play it the most. Uh, no, on Spotify. Oh no, on Spotify. Oh, on Sp- oh really? Streamed, oh the wow. Most oh, that's kind of crazy. On this album is wow. Deborah. By that makes sense. That- kind of a lot. Wow. No kidding. Good that- for Deborah. I say. <laughs> that's a. You neither of you have heard Deborah. I don't think so. I guess we'll see. I don't. It doesn't ring a bell immediately. That's just interesting, that's though, where... that it's like a non-single popular song. That is really crazy, actually. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe it's the... I'm sure that there's there's kind of a novelty to it, in a way, when you hear it. It's like okay. a... It is, just, it is sort of like a parody of a slow jam with very okay. stupid lyrics. It's almost as close as you could come to like a pure comedy song. But I think there's more to it musically than that. It was very. It was the centerpiece of the live shows, mm. uh, to where a, a big bed with silk sheets would come down from the ceiling, <laughs> oh my God. and he would get on it and, and grind on pillows and uh, experience a lot of torment. It was kind of. Sure. It was like the big the showstopper in the middle. It's the only song from this album that breaks the top ten most popular Beck songs on Spotify. I wonder if it got TikToked wow. or something. Yeah, who knows. I'll tell you. But yeah, if you come across it on your TikTok journeys. Yeah, if there's some... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I think it deserves it. It's a great song. Also, the, the picture of the This Is Beck playlist on Spotify, he literally looks like Andy Warhol in this picture. He's got sunglasses on. It's black and white. And it's like the right shirt sure. and coat cut. Anyways. Good work, Beck. I... <laughs> I always feel like he was pulling from this kind of like an Andy Warhol influence in him, and kind of like I, his body of work being a big art project. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a way a lot of music artists operate these days. But I feel like a lot of what he's doing was performance art, and kind of uh, how would people react if I did this? Hmm. Which isn't stuff that I like so much as much anymore but boy did I like it then right. yeah. I was just like boy you have the airwaves of MTV or the American Music Awards and you're being so fucking weird on it <laughs> yeah. like you're just like people like people are watching this and what if we did the weirdest thing you've ever seen and I don't I don't know that that, that happens as much uh, these days yeah no I mean I think it's hard just too because there's not it's hard to be that popular now because there's so many ways to get it's, it's less of the monoculture right. of like this is where you get your popular media so I don't know I think so yeah we're like it's it's there isn't so much I have the airwaves of NBC or MTV right now and what if I am very subversive within that yeah, right exactly setting? like that's just not what it, instead it's just like how do I find an, uh, any audience yeah. to see the odd stuff I do it's so much harder to find I, I assume as a pop star, I'll say uh, it's so much harder to find like what is the groove that you then deviate away from. Yeah, yeah, because everyone. Oh sure. You don't have to be given a platform. You just have a platform at this point. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this... For, I'm no. I certainly do not have like. Uh, I, I'm no expert on Lil Nas X, but I. I'm like hmm. just from glimpses. I'm like I like what's happening here because He's, I can tell yeah. that it's shocking people and making them mad. <laughs> but even I'm not even sure that's the whole point of it. I think he's just like, hey, wouldn't this be crazy? What if I did this weird set and put on these weird clothes? People probably people will be 
it'll confuse everybody. Yeah, I actually I, think I, that's I like a that really a good example. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's one of the few people actually pulling it off right now, like doing the subversive thing while being insanely popular. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's using his SNL performance to do a pole dance, oh, right? Yeah, in leather pants so tight that his penis literally popped out of like he had a wardrobe malfunction on Saturday Night Live and had to spend the rest of it covering. Like you rarely crazy. get a you rarely that's get like a some penis clothing malfunction. Crazy. Honestly, that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. It's him and Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Oh. True. And the outtake photos for the cover to Midnight Vultures. Oh, true. Yeah, yes. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, oh, wait, okay, I've been waiting for this song because I read a fun fact on Wikipedia. What's this one called? Uh, Beautiful Way. A 30-second segment of Beautiful Way has been bundled with Windows ME as a demo song for the Windows Media Player 7. That's so good. <laughs> Whoa. When? When is that? When this came out, I guess. Because wasn't Windows huh. ME? Wasn't that like Windows like Millennium or something? Guess what? I had Windows ME. I remember this 30-second <laughs> clip. <laughs> now that you say this, that is why I know this clip. Yeah. yeah. Really? Really? It, uh, this has come up a couple times on the show that also on the Windows 95 installation disc, there was a copy of the Buddy Holly music video as like a little Easter egg. Wow. So Windows wow. was so cool. But Windows was pretty cool. <laughs> it actually was cool then. Like, I do feel like it was cooler than Apple then. Uh, I didn't know anyone that had a Mac. selling more. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> if I had gotten a Mac, I wouldn't have even known how to... No, no one would have been able to tell me how to get online. <laughs> That's true. But you weren't cool if you weren't on <laughs> AIM in 1999. <laughs> I wasn't really a Windows Media Player user. I was more of a Winamp because you could skin it oh, and make yeah. it look cool. Oh, yeah, because of the skins. Yeah. The visualizers. Yeah, all <laughs> oh, the visualizers. That was where it was at. So trippy, man, for a 15-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> That's as much option as you had. I mean, the, or, you know, look, I didn't know how to get drugs, and the first time they I were put in front of me at this drugs. concert, I batted them. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. It's not like I know now. <laughs> do, I just, do I Google it? <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get drugs. I'm a loser. That's the best. That's the best option. You just try to trip out to a visualizer yeah. and a yeah. kooky Winamp skin. That's probably why I listen to a lot of this this music and music at the time. God, I forgot that component yeah. of it. That, I, that was the I'm, delivery mechanism. Uh, that Hollywood freaks with the uh, visualizer. I think I, you would have lost me in the show. I think I would have just disappeared <laughs> into the computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Is it already in an oral sort of uh, trance? Yeah. <laughs> oh, also though it was it was specifically used to showcase media players internet integration by displaying a clickable image link. Wow, okay. wow. we've come so far. <laughs> come so far. Yeah, God, just have the internet now. Yeah, something needs to be proven. <laughs> Well, it also says the first um, 500,000 copies of this album came in a digipack. But isn't that just a CD case? Wow. I don't understand. A digipack is like the cardboard one where oh. it kind of like folds oh. open as opposed to like the plastic oh. jewel case. Not a jewel case. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I had the digipack, I think. Yeah. It folds out. Oh, I see. There's a big 
big collage inside that I think Michelle Gondry did. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Yet another White Stripes connection. I'd also like to say uh, with music around this time, yeah, right, right. Um, with uh, stuff Beck was doing around this time, if the song Sex Laws was too um, uh, energetic and, <laughs> and uh, frenetic for you, that he did on the B side of Sex Laws is a song, is a, not quite a remake, but a, or a remix, but a re recording. It's called Sax Laws Night Flight to Ojai, <laughs> and it's Sex Laws redone as if by Kenny G. Okay. Oh, wow. So it is led by uh, soprano sax. <laughs> it's six minutes long and very quiet storm with like those kind of sound effects throughout. <laughs> it's this bizarre plotting with like ocean sounds, <laughs> and um, I don't know why he, he did it. <laughs> Um, but he he did a Kenny G style remake of his own song, Are there his own single. Vocals, or is it just saxophones? No, the sax takes over for where the <laughs> the vocals would be. And by slowing down the tempo, it's twice as long. Um, they even cut a video for it out of outtakes from the Sex Laws <laughs> video. I love that commitment. So there's an original music video for Sax Laws. <laughs> I wonder if this was like the the real waning years of single purchasing that they're like, we need a B side. Uh, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> I mean, 99. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I guess we're still downloading. I'm sorry. Still buying CDs. Yeah. 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 That I, cause I don't feel like I had Napster tell. I don't know. When did I get? When did I have Napster? Two thousand one. When did all the bullshit happen? Was ninety nine? Maybe two thousand was the year Napster came to a head. That sounds about right. Yeah, I want to say it was ninety nine ish. Two thousand. It launched in ninety nine. So many of these tracks have like fed into just like faded right into the next one, but it was weird to have a full stop and then spray paint sound effects. And spray paint sounds, yeah. Which the art's all very graffiti. Kind of makes sense. Wait, guys, Napster only existed for two years. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it got shut down pretty quick because mm. it made such a huge splash. And then, yeah, that, everyone was talking about. That's that is crazy to me that it was only two years. But it also opened the floodgates because then it, you went oh, to Kazaa, your LimeWire, your Lime yeah. Galaxy. That is nuts, though, that I, it I had such an impact. Those, like, I think. This thing existed for only two years, and it literally changed the entire music industry. Yeah. Like, the, the entire music industry. Wow. Wow. And then it, of course, led to uh, Facebook, and specifically uh-huh. it be, it dropping the the and it's cleaner. <laughs> yes. That is that guy. Sean Parker. <laughs> Assuming that moment happened in reality, which I don't, I don't know that <laughs> I it know. did. See, I'm telling you, Windows was cooler. Napster was only on Windows to start. <laughs> was it really? Apparently. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I guess I would have had Windows back. Oh, yeah. Well, if I had Win. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I did a Mac till college, Same. probably. Yeah. That was They didn't get cool a little till. I think I got my first. Steve Jobs came back. Yeah. I think I got my first yeah, Mac yeah. in like 2004. That sounds right. Yeah, that might be mine too. It's an iBook. It was the white ones. It was beautiful. Yeah, that, that was I still too. love that one. <laughs> I, w- I wish they would make bring back the white plastic 
laptops. You don't want it. Th- those are so thick and so heavy. Well, you- a skinny one. <laughs> okay, I want a skinny okay. version. Okay. Like, can they just make this instead of silver, white and shiny? Yeah, they can. That's what I would like that. Like. <laughs> or the color. Like, can we- I like the I kind of like the color. I want to go back to the color with the handle. Can it come with a handle? Are you talking about like the big iMac? Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about. The, uh, the original iBooks were colored clamshells and they came with, they had a handle on oh. the laptop. I, I, I think that, I didn't pay well, attention to that, that was that like, time. I really only know because Rory got one on Gilmore Girls. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the desire to like bring back that vibe of Ugh. like retro IMAX. I loved the color ones. Give the kids low-waisted pants. Give the kids colored IMAX. <laughs> Well, we're almost twenty years out. I mean, that's when the that's when the itch starts, yep. you know. I want this computer. No, I'm just. I'm sorry. I I'm done. I'm just <laughs> looking just at pictures of nineties IMAX. See, look, I had a handle. You were correct. So cool. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sold. The handle definitely would I, break. Yeah, that the laptop handle. was yeah, so really... heavy. Ugh, I want. Yeah, it. but every laptop, every new laptop, I, I and then I pick up the old ones six weeks oh, later. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, God, my God, how did this I? This brick. <laughs> Even your computer, I think, is older arms. than mine, and it looks way bigger. And it's not even that old. I don't so know. here we're in now the the sultry centerpiece. Oh, okay. Oh, I, this is Deborah. I have yeah. heard this song. I've never heard the song in my oh, life. Yeah. Is this a full-on Prince impression? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it's really yeah. Clearly, vocals are Prince. And, the, and musically, I didn't know until years later, it's a lot like a David Bowie song called Win. Mm. So it kind of, so all the, the tools were in here for me to find two of the best artists ever. So I appreciate Beck uh, leading the way. Yeah, this does. It just sounds like Prince. <laughs> I'm sorry to mention this in the same breath, but do you guys remember Jimmy Fallon's Idiot Boyfriend song? No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also a prince, but yeah, I think a falsetto yeah. comedy-ish. Yeah, uh, I think it fit yeah. in that same same realm. I know what you want. Yeah, I might if I heard it. I I'm sure you've heard it. That this sounds like a parody. This, uh, wait, I missed. Wait, you're a little quiet. What did you say? This sounds like a parody. <laughs> it's a little. Yeah, I mean, I could see. And I think it's how it was regarded at the time mm. a little. Okay. I think there's that that end of it. But I think it was more sincere on his part than, well, than you would after think. After the mystical story, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole thing, one of his things was how somebody asked him a big complicated question about what he's commenting on when he jumps down and does the splits. Yeah. It, like, is that a postmodern? Are you like trying to recontextualize hip hop and... Uh, uh, or like uh, you know break dance and he's like I don't know I'm doing the splits <laughs> like like everybody kind of overthought yeah. him like critics love to like go re- think and think and think and then he's he said I don't know it's just earnest to me so I think this was but it's also but it's very silly yeah. I mean the lyrics are about Glendale and thank <laughs> you chicken um okay but when you did the splits on stage that was an apology for midnight vultures <laughs> How many splits will it take for the <laughs> critic community to <laughs> back for them to back off back? I mean, it is insane for him to do this kind of 
Yeah, we're doing full Prince falsetto, yeah. right? Singing about Hyundai's and drop tops and. Uh, is the chorus saying I think her name was Deborah? Like he. That's the yeah. Okay. I want to get. I want to get with you, uh, girl and your sister. I think her name's Deborah. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. It's pretty jokey, for sure. Yeah. But I think musically, there's there's a, there's more meat to it to make it. I think it was like a, a goofy thing he was doing in his concerts in the Odell era. That makes sense. And it grew and grew and became a regular part of the set. And then like, well, we got to do the right. actual album version of it. Well, and this is the penultimate track. Um, the next track is just called Untitled Track. Oh. That's just a bunch of literal noise. Ah, I would Ramsey's say you'd be, you'd be fine closer. to skip the... <laughs> that, that was like one of those... Speaking of old things, that was like a hidden track oh. in the previous... Because like you'd have those weird tracks that are... when And when you download them or load up the CD, you're like, why is this one 12 yes. minutes? But then the song's over at five. Because yep. they leave all that silence uh-huh. for them to be in something secret at the we end. We were just talking about this. We also recorded last night because like the difference of... Like when you have to translate these to streaming is very like I hate when they unhide the hidden tracks. Yeah. Like I don't love it. You um, now have yeah. a new closer to the album, which it is makes like it sound not the intention. intentional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Beck would do like full substantial on the album before this mutations. There was just a like five minute song in the bet that was like uh, this multi part yeah. Brian Wilson smile esque hmm. like called Diamond Bollocks. Um, which I love. And then this one is just a bunch of noise. But I like the boldness of... I wonder what the best hidden track of all time is. Who, like, who, had, who wow. snuck the best one in That's there? That's a good question. When you say best, you Real mean like most surprising or most... Like actual best Like best quality. good song. Yeah, like, 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 like could have been on the album. Why not? Why hide it? God, there was one we did recently that was horrible. Oh, um... <laughs> Because it was literally just the band goofing around, and, and it was like, but it was like so cringy and embarrassing. Yeah, because they started like, doing offensive accents yeah. to each other. Yeah, oh I don't God, remember which band. Oh no, painful. Oh no. Oh, it was. New I mean, Found that kind of. It was the like the first <laughs> Newfound Glory album. There you go. That's what it was. Look, it was an era that had to go away. Skits had to go away. No yep. more skits. That's, oh, the, well, that's one of the roughest you know things of the era. You know who still does skits? Machine Gun Kelly. Except I think he gets away with it because really? he gets Pete Davidson to do him with him. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know that, but if you ha- if I had to guess, who do you bring in an official, uh, a professional skit maker? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, famous for doing skits on the show he was <laughs> yeah. on. So he does, yeah. Yeah, the Machine Gun Kelly. So you hear this now. This is a bunch of noise. That's what we're... So you'd so you'd leave it going for a while. You'd maybe fall asleep yeah. with the uh, soothing sounds of Deborah, and then this would jerk you back. I think that happened to me once. I'm like, sure. Oh God! Wait, <laughs> did a war start? It's an Andy Kaufman trick of, <laughs> is it, I'm I'm safe now, and then boom. <laughs> this is of of the noise outros we've heard. This is one of the least offensive, and it's also not even that long. This is better than some albums you have made me listen to. <laughs> I say that sincerely. <laughs> wow! Wow! He, he means it. I he do. means it. <laughs> well, how do you how do you feel? What's the? I mean, you know, it was it was it was a loose listen, but yeah. uh, and do you think you missed out? Uh, did it, did it translate? Is some of it sillier than I am willing to uh, to admit? I don't think it's super silly. 
I think um, going into this really only knowing Beck singles, this was interesting just like to see what the other stuff is, which is cool. Um, I don't think it's silly. I think it holds up. Like, I think there are elements that you're like, well, what were we doing here? But uh, I don't think it's. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's really that cringy at all. Like, I think maybe Deborah is the one where I was like, well, okay, what are we doing? Here? Or what, what was the other one? Could the rap one? Hollywood freaks. Yeah. And, and honestly, those ones weren't even that bad. Yeah, he still does both of those songs live and the, yeah, and the audience likes it. It's not like it's some like from an era that you can't ever right. yeah. uh, discuss. I really enjoyed this. If, if I had to say anything negative about it, I'd say maybe I would cut a couple songs. It is kind of long. It felt a little long. There's the, and the songs themselves are long, and I think it loses. The, if if we're going into this crazy, it's this crazy millennium funk album. It loses the thread on that a little. I like all the songs, but like the second half, we're maybe not committing to it sure. as much, and it's yeah. just kind of cool music. But I prefer the first half for that reason because it's very uh, on premise. That makes sense. Uh, using Johnny Marr for that particular song is that's crazy so funny that's crazy i, I really like that he is <laughs> really weird yeah such an incredible guitarist too and then just yeah just do this. <laughs> yeah big meathead chords yeah, <laughs> yeah really um i love his his band ruled always and still he always gets the best dudes and they were like such maniacs on this tour it the the, the tour would kind of end they play sex laws last and then it would end with a bunch of noise like that last mm. song. So instead of just like, I don't, they didn't do a curtain call. There was no bow, the concert's over. Just like scary sirens would play. And then everyone would run around in hazmat <laughs> suits and like put arbitrary uh, caution tape over okay. everything. And a guy would have flight director, you know, the orange sticks or whatever. It, like this little uh, happening would occur that was like, as if uh, toxic uh, waste had been released suddenly in the venue. That's incredible. And then like, these special ops had to come in. So I, actually, <laughs> I, that, maybe that hadn't occurred to me till right now. Maybe the only concert, the rare concert that does not end with just, are they going to do more and a bow? Yeah. Like he was willing to like, what if we do like completely <laughs> throw the rules of concert out? It is very clearly over if everything is wrapped in tape. Like, we're not going to get back to these instruments. <laughs> I've done... Um, Maybe no one can perform here yes. again. We have to close the venue. Yeah, I've been to, like, several shows recently, and I think people might be done with encores. Good. Because I've been to, like... Uh. I've been to... I've been to, like, five shows, and four of them... Or six shows recently, and four or five of them didn't have encores. Wow! Is, oh. is this this is like handshakes? This is one of these things that we're yeah we're done with them. <laughs> it's a post COVID. Yeah. Uh... One of them was Limp Biscuit, and they did have a whole bit about it. I I this this episode makes me sound you like I'm Limp a bigger Biscuit. Limp Biscuit fan than I am. But yes, I did recently <laughs> see Limp Biscuit at Madison Square Garden because the tickets were twenty dollars. Um, oh yeah, and it was n- not even close to sold out. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Truly, the best oh, seat I've ever had at MSG was for. Limp Bizkit for a $20 ticket. But anyways, um, they had a whole bit about how like there was a hard curfew and they literally turned all of the lights on in the venue. Like you're saying like this bit like and they had a guy coming out actually doing a skit pretending he worked for Live Nation and there was like a whole thing. But then because they turned the lights on in the whole venue, they then played break stuff with all of the lights on. It was 
uh, horrible, Hor- horrible. No one, oh. no one needed to see the other people in that establishment. No. Not unnecessary. Oh, God. oh yeah, yeah. That's like a like you made me. You don't want to be seen. Like oh, yeah. nobody knows me. No. <laughs> but similarly, like then the lights were just on, so no one thought anyone was coming back. They're like, well, okay, guess, uh, guess is, we're done. Guess we're done here. Oh, that you know the one of the most one of the weirdest ends of concerts ever was the the aforementioned Beastie Boys. They did a tour where opening one of their opening acts was a dog show. What was just Heard an awesome. actual dogs doing Iconic. tricks? That was great in an arena. I loved that. Perfect. And then, um, and then they left the stage and then ran up to a tiny stage that was hidden way at the top of the arena. So like the people who thought they had the worst seats all of a sudden have the best seats. Yeah. And then the lights went on, and it seemed like it was done. But then, without any resetting of the lights, just like that, they came back out and said, very timely, "This song's dedicated to George W. Bush. It's called Sabotage." <laughs> and then, and then, fucking everybody's moshing like crazy. Probably not as crazy as Break stuff. Uh, sure, sure, but sure, sure. It was like everyone had been leaving the venue, and then all of a sudden, slam yeah. back in. Huh, yeah. It's like the only because I don't really listen to mosh-ish music, yeah. so it's one of the only times I'm like, "Uh-oh, I'm in a dangerous <laughs> scene here." Yeah, I'm gonna tell my dad about this later. <laughs> I they tried they made me mosh, but I refused. <laughs> good son, very good. Oh, no. uh, Scott, one last question: uh, How did this hold up for you, re-listening? Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been going back into it already in preparation for this, and it's been nice to hear it again because I don't like, you know, I, it's, it's not what I listen to all the time uh, anymore, but I was so happy to, to hear it. I think it's the same thing. The things that verge on comedy novelty a little bit is, is like a little, feels a little less substantial, but the jams on it, I love uh, so much, and I have so many fond memories of just what it, it uh, exposed me to and how it really made me like... Uh, get out of my skin and try to like be into weirder stuff and I literally made like a different set of cooler friends who exposed <laughs> yeah. me to a thousand things and I just I owe so much uh, to it so I, I love um, that um, but you know but you can't put all that on hopefully it's just like a, a bunch of catchy songs which I I, I think it is uh, uh, hopefully I uh, a, a great time listening to it for me no regrets <laughs> I love it um, I lied. One more question. Oh yeah. Anything you want to plug oh, yeah. before we go? Yeah. Oh sure. Um, you know what? The uh, I'm supposed to plug my own things, but I also I really love that Sex Laws thing, and I really love the music video for Sex Laws, uh, which has a, a Tenacious D era Jack Black in it, Fun. and a lot of crazy bullshit <laughs> like a. Uh, a refrigerator having sex with a dishwasher Perfect. and a bunch of uh, while a bunch of like HR puff and stuff characters run around <laughs> very stressed out um, it's one of the weirdest videos ever uh, and, I, and I love it but if you but if you want more of me talking in a podcast form there's so much of it on the show podcast the ride which is about theme parks and I do it with my friends Mike Carlson and Jason Sheridan um, who, uh, not so much Jason, Mike Carlson, look, you talk about 90, I've been, they, there's been so much Green Day shoved down my throat I on the I show. I that down to maybe bring up on the show, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, it actually, it occurred to me, there's a, there's a crossover there. I, it became a run, I just said out loud that I've never really cared for Green Day, and now, oh wait, you know what happened? It was that Mike, my co-host on the show, which is mostly about theme parks, <laughs> uh, although increasingly less and less so. Uh, That's what happens when we're all good podcasts. The, <laughs> Go off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've like, what was this? What, did we, what was the topic again? Um, but 
I, he just really uh, quickly on the way to something else said, well, you know, it's kind of like, you know, American Idiot's a perfect album and blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And I backed up like, wait, it's a f- uh, perfect. And I've now people harass me on Twitter every day about American Idiot and Green. What's the Green Day feelings here? And am I missing out on Green Day? I, I, does that like, does that line up with anything you like, Heather? Or am I, it like, lines am I, up. I don't know. What's the It what's lines the up. Uh, I do not agree that American Idiot is a perfect album. I actively disagree uh okay do you like green day though uh i like dookie when i was a kid this this is a good encapsulation of us is that was one of my first albums was green day's dookie and i was already like two pop gotta go oh they sold out (laughs) i started crying because there was a swear word in the first song and made my dad send the album back to the bmg (laughs) music club um but also like the actually punk Green Day was a little mm-hmm. before my era. So then like when I got into punk, it was like pop, like my pop punk album was Blink-182 oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm up the oh, sure. Like um, just because of like the age I am um, more than anything. But I do like, I like Dookie. Okay. I don't yeah, really yeah. listen to other Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, um, look, I'm just... I'm so, so happy to hear American Idiot is not in the, <laughs> any opinion that, that involves, because I'm not, look, you everybody like Green Day if you want, <laughs> but I just have never dug any of these other, oh. that, just, that statement being issued, I've never stopped thinking about it. Like, wait a minute, that was the premise and you're just going to plow past that? American Idiot is a perfect album? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I'm totally, like, I think there are probably, there, we listen to it, mm-hmm. I think I, I don't really remember, like... There are good songs, but a perfect... <laughs> we did not right. find it perfect. Relax. We Very good. Show. Okay, yes, nice can, to I hear. I can confirm that. He, uh, uh, also, the album perfect. we just heard, Midnight Vultures, uh, shares a keyboard player with Enema of the State. Uh, the guy, uh, Roger Joseph Manning Jr. is the keyboard player. All the synth parts on that and all the... I can't even think of what the keyboards perfect. are on Enema of the State, but uh, but he he played them. Uh, and I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, amazing body of work. So, so yeah, the straddled I love it. Beck and Blink-182. It's possible to do so. Oh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I love a crossover. Perfect. Um, well, Ramsey, where can people find you? Oh, at Ramsey ESS on Twitter, and that will lead you to everything. Heather, how about you? At Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. You can find all of our stuff at ifyourelistening.com. Links to our Patreon over there. Get two bonus episodes a uh-huh. month. And you can also vote on albums that we are forced to listen to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Scott. This was so much fun. Hey, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, yeah, so much fun. It was a blast. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>